Heavenly Father, as we read your word now, give us ears to hear it, minds to understand it, and the will to put it into practice. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, are you looking for resurrection power? Are you looking for something more in the Christian life? Uh, We all know our own failings, our our weakness to sin, our, our sufferings, our sicknesses. And so it's very common for us to long for change, to long for victory, to long for success where we fail. And in some churches you'll be told that resurrection power can be yours if only you believe. They say, point 1A, if you, if you experience this resurrection power by the Spirit, you'll be able to speak in tongues, you'll be able to prophesy, you'll be able to be more in tune with, with God's will. Or they say, point B, if you experience this resurrection power by the Spirit, you'll have health and wealth. Uh, just as Christ was victorious, you too can live a victorious Christian life. Victorious over poverty, victorious over sickness. Or they say, point C, if you've experienced this resurrection power by the Spirit, you'll be victorious over sin. You won't give in to temptation anymore. You'll be perfect. In short, if you have faith, then by the Spirit you can experience victory, power, blessing, success, glory, now. You can have resurrection power. Well, what are we to make of those claims? Well, what are the implications of the resurrection of Jesus for now? Now, we're in our fourth and final talk on this series on the resurrection. If you remember on Easter Sunday, we saw that the resurrection of Jesus represents the defeat of death and assures us of salvation. In talk two, we saw how the the resurrection of Jesus marks him out as the promised Messiah who would bring in the new age of the kingdom and rule for eternity. Uh, Last week, we saw that the resurrection of Jesus gives us a wonderful hope for the future, that this fallen world is not all there is, but we await new resurrection bodies and a new creation. But in this final talk, we consider... What are the implications of the resurrection for now? And we've got three points briefly this morning. The resurrection of Jesus has radical implications for salvation, for holiness, and for mission. So let's take it at point one. The resurrection has radical implications for salvation. Uh, Turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 1. It's on page uh, 976 in the Green Sticker Bible. There, Paul prays for the Ephesian Christians that they may know the power of the resurrection. Do you see in verse 19, Paul prays that they may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might. Now, what is this power Paul is talking about here? Well, we read on in verse 20. It is the power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God in the heavenly places, 
far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. See, Paul is saying that God's immeasurable power has been displayed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because there God took one who had borne our sin, suffered God's wrath in our place, been swallowed up by death, and raised him victorious, conquering sin, destroying death, and exalted him as the ruler of of every ruler, power and authority, now and forever. But did you notice verse 19? That is the very same immeasurably great power that has been exerted towards us who believe. And that is because, as Paul goes on to show in chapter 2, God has not only raised Jesus from, the, from death to life, we too, if we are Christian, experience God's resurrection power as he resurrects us from death in sin to life in heaven with God. Now, Paul describes that death in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 to 3. He says we were dead in sin, spiritually dead, no relationship with God. And we were living for ourselves and our own sinful desires. And as we did that, we followed the world and we followed the devil in rejecting God. This is the default state of all humanity, says Paul. Children of wrath, deserving judgment, physically alive, spiritually dead. It's just like our Old Testament reading from Ezekiel 37. Now, in that vision, Ezekiel sees a valley of dry bones. Now, Israel had rejected God by worshipping idols, and as a result, God's judgment had fallen on them. He'd sent them into exile, they were spiritually dead. Children of wrath. But then God intervenes. The spiritually dead nation of Israel is resurrected. God declares they'll be saved from their judgment, restored into their land, restored as his people. And that representation of Israel's salvation as resurrection is ultimately fulfilled here in Christ when God takes dead sinners like you and me, and resurrects us to life in heaven with God. Do you see in verse 5, Paul says, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, if you are looking for resurrection power, here it is. God, in his grace, has taken dead sinners like you and me and resurrected us back to new life again. We've had our sins forgiven. We've been saved from the judgment of God. We've been raised from spiritual death and seated in heaven with Christ. See, what Paul is saying here is, that physically you might be sitting here. Your back might be aching with the chairs, feeling the cool of the air conditioning, watching the cats, I don't know. (laughs) But if you are in Christ, then you have been resurrected 
spiritually now. By the grace of God, you have been raised from spiritual death in sin and you are now seated with Christ in the heavenly places. If you want to see God's resurrection power, then here it is. Look at your brothers and sisters in Christ because if they've put their faith in Christ, they have been resurrected and moved from death to life. That's point one. The resurrection has radical implications for salvation. Uh, point two, the resurrection has radical implications for holiness. I wonder if you'd turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. In my Bible, that's on page 942. Thus far, what we've been talking about is the doctrine of union with Christ. Uh, that is, when, when Christ died, we died. When he was buried, we were buried. When he was raised, we were raised with him. Uh, it's a bit like the, the baby that's in my wife's tummy. Yes, she's uh, pregnant. <laughs> Where she goes, the baby goes. Where she, what she eats, the baby eats. What she feels, the baby feels. Because the, the baby is united to my wife, Whatever happens to her, happens to it. And our union with Christ has radical implications for holiness. Have a look with me at Romans chapter 6 and verse 1. There Paul says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us have been all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father we too might walk in newness of life uh, do you see if if Christ, if we've died with Christ if we've been raised with Christ then we cannot live in sin anymore. We're to walk in newness of life. Paul is saying the primary motivation for change in the Christian life is not trying harder to follow God's laws. It's not doing better. It's about realising who you are. Someone who has been raised with Christ. See, our old life of sin has died. It's been, it's been crucified with Jesus on that cross. Sin cannot and should not enslave us anymore. And just as Christ was raised again back to life, so we too have been raised to live a new life. Have a look down at verse 10. Verse 10, For the death he died, he died to sin. Once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, if you are in Christ, your old life of sin has died. You have been raised with Christ to live a new life. That is who you are if you are in Christ. And so, friends, as verse 12 insists, let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body 
Do not present your members as instruments for unrighteousness. Present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, your members to God as instruments for righteousness. We're to live out this new life that we have been given by God. Now Paul will spell out uh, more practically what that looks like in Colossians chapter 3. I wonder if you'd turn over there to Colossians chapter 3. Again, the Green Sticker Bible, page 984. 984, Colossians chapter 3. Because there Paul explains that our union with Christ in his death and resurrection ought to result in a new perspective on life and a new character. A new perspective and a new character. We start with a new perspective in chapter 3 and verse 1. Paul says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. See, our union with Christ demands that we look at life differently. If we've been seated with Christ in the heavens, then we can't keep our minds fixed on earthly things anymore. Our sinful greeds, our lusts, our, our, our preoccupations, well, they have no place in our Christian life anymore. It's just like when you, when you get married. You, you can't, live, you can't uh, keep living as a single person anymore. You have to start living as a married person. You can't go on flirting with other girls and you can't go on leaving all of the dishes lying around on the, in the house anymore unless you want to get scolded by your wife. You have to live as a married person. And the same with Christ. If we've been raised with Christ, we need to live resurrected lives. I wonder what people will say of your life as they look back on it at your funeral. I wonder if they will say that you lived for Christ, that your mind was set on heaven. Or will they say your life was filled with all manner of earthly things? Being raised with Christ means we should have a new perspective on life. And that new perspective, Paul goes on to say, should express itself in a new character. Have a look at verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Now, Paul doesn't mince his words here, does he? You must kill these things. Kill pornography. Kill impure thoughts. Kill lust. Kill greed. Those things don't belong in our resurrected lives. And God's judgment is coming upon them. We, we cannot let them linger anymore. Be, being raised with Christ means we must take radical action. Now in verse 7, Paul changes the metaphor to that of clothing. Uh, we're, we're to wear different clothes. We're to wear clothes fitting of our new status in Christ. And that means, verse 8, that our speech has to change. Uh, no more outbursts of anger when someone cuts us off on the roads. No more wrath toward your colleague when he betrays you. No more slandering of your boss's reputation. No more crude joking with your friends. 
No more lying about your tax return or deliberately misleading your client. None of those things fit with our new status in Christ. Now we're reminded in verse 10, we have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. We're being remade into who we were meant to be, people in the image of God. And so our life must reflect that. We must put on the character of our Heavenly Father. See how Paul instructs us to do that in verse 12. He says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience. Are those qualities that mark your life? Verse 13, where to bear with one another, to forgive one another. Is your life marked by forgiveness? Do you keep records of your spouse's faults? Is there someone in your life or in the church you cannot forgive? Verse 14, where to put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Are you someone full of love, always seeking to live at peace with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Verse 17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Is your life full of thankfulness? Or like me, are you always finding things to complain about? Traffic jams, long working hours, queues in the post office, or the sedition laws maybe. Do you see, the resurrection has radical implications for holiness. If we have died to sin and been raised with Christ, then we cannot live the same anymore. We must adopt a new perspective on life and we must take on a new character. The resurrection has radical implications for salvation. The resurrection has radical implications for holiness. And finally, the resurrection has radical implications for mission. Will you turn with me to Matthew 28, the final passage for today? Uh, Green sticker 8, page 835. Here we have uh, Matthew's final recorded words of the risen Lord Jesus. Do you notice what he says there in verse 18? Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The resurrection marks out Jesus as that promised king who rules over the kingdom of God. Jesus tells us all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. In short, we see Jesus Christ is Lord. And the implications for mission are radical. If Christ is Lord, then then he and he alone deserves our worship, our submission, our praise. He deserves it of every single person 
on the planet of this earth. If Jesus Christ is Lord, then all other religions must be wrong. All other paths cannot lead to God. Only Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. And that ought to drive us urgently to mission. Because it means that that every person who has not yet accepted Jesus as the Lord and the Saviour of their life, well, they are still dead in sin. They are still children of wrath. Our family, our friends, our colleagues, our fellow citizens in Malaysia, unless we tell them about the risen Lord Jesus. Jesus says, go, make disciples of all nations. I wonder what you are working for in this life. A more secure and comfortable life overseas, perhaps? That's the dream of millions of Malaysians. But friends, would you leave Malaysia for a more comfortable life when there are millions upon millions of your own countrymen headed for judgment? I wonder how you felt this week when uh, the, cro- the, the church was forced to take down the cross in Taman Medan. Anger at the injustice? Did you feel compassion? There are millions in this land headed for judgment. The resurrection has radical implications for mission. We need to put aside our comforts and our fears to reach out to those spiritually dead in our family, in our workplace, in our college, in our country. Or in conclusion, are you looking for resurrection power? Are you looking for real change in your Christian life? Well, we've seen living in resurrection power does not mean some supernatural experience of tongues and prophecy and the like. Living in resurrection power doesn't mean your life will be filled with health and success and comfort. Living in the resurrection power will certainly not mean you will cease to sin this side of heaven. Real resurrection power is seen every time someone puts their faith in Christ and moves from spiritual death to life. Real resurrection power is seen every time a Christian sets their mind on things above and seeks to grow in holiness. Real resurrection power is seen every time a Christian recognises that Jesus Christ is Lord and so urgently goes out to share the gospel with everyone that they meet. This is the resurrection power that is ours and ought to mark the life of every one of us here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that when we were dead in sin, you made us alive with Christ. Thank you for saving us from spiritual death and judgment making us heirs of eternal life. Father, we pray that in light of all that you have done for us in Christ, that you would help us to look differently on life, 
to live differently in life. And in particular, we pray that you'd help us to go out uh, with boldness and courage to urgently share the gospel to the many more who remain in darkness. We pray this for the glory of our risen Lord Jesus, who rules over all. In his name we pray. Amen.